Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This is the Place, a podcast series from The Common Magazine on the New Books Network. The Common publishes literature and art with a modern sense of place. I'm Emily Everett, managing editor of the magazine and host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to Anu Kumar about her essay, The Woman in the Well, which appears in issue 23 of The Common. Anu Kumar's most recent works are the novel The Hottest Summer in Years and the collection A Sense of Time and Other Stories. Her nonfiction works on the lives of early South Asians in America appears this year from Simon & Schuster India and Yoda Press. Her work has appeared or is forthcoming in The Main Review, Chicago Quarterly Review, Numero Sank, Past 10, thejuggernaut.com, Atlas and Alice, and elsewhere. She lives in New Jersey and has an MFA from Vermont College of Fine Arts. Anu Kumar, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be here. Thank you, Emily, for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Would you set the scene for our conversation? Just describe where you're calling from now. Uh, yes, I'm in the basement of my house in Montville, North New Jersey. Uh, I'm sitting on the floor on a, at a, in front of a low table, and there are books all around me. And um, from the window outside, I can see uh, a pond, lots of trees. Sometimes a small fox will go by. Uh, otherwise, it's very quiet where I am. I mean, yep. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> yes. Just a small fox going by while we're podcasting, I hope. <laughs> yeah. We- I, would, I would love to start with a reading from your essay. Would you just read the first few paragraphs for us? Yes, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Woman in the Well. For nearly two years of my life, I lived with a ghost. It was when my father, a civil servant, was posted in Sambalpur, a now forgotten town in northern Odisha, a state in India's east. Newspapers then and even now always added the descriptor India's poorest state whenever Odisha made the headlines. This happened in the late 1980s when several hunger-related deaths were reported in a tribal-dominated district in the state's west and a decade later after an Australian missionary was burned to death along with his two sons by a group led by a Hindu fanatic. The time I remember was some years before all that. I was 11, my brother 10, and we lived in a bungalow by the river Mahanadi, where civil servants like my father had lived for about a century or more. An old British-era house with a slanting asbestos roof, huge rooms, doors with folding panels, old-fashioned bathrooms, a long hallway that led out from the storerooms and old kitchen toward a courtyard, in a corner of which stood an old stone well, and at last the garage. A wall surrounded and separated us from the river on one side and on the other side from the road that ran right through the city and later became the highway leading out. At first, I wasn't sure sure how to refer to the ghost. I couldn't even picture what it looked like. Ghosts were flighty, incorporeal beings living between heaven and earth, unable to belong to either. In every story I'd heard or read, Ghosts came about because of an untimely or early death, and their unassuaged spirits always hovered in a sinister way. Some could do wicked things, the more benign ones condescended to a little mischief, but they were never up to any good. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you for reading that. For our listeners who may not have read your essay yet, would you just describe or sort of summarize what the piece is about? Uh, yes, it's uh, from a time more than 30 years ago. Uh, set in a small town in Odisha, which uh, in India's east, and it 
uh, relates to uh, a ghost who lived in the house with us in the stone well that was in the courtyard of the house. And uh, the story of the ghost, uh, I mean, it haunted us for a long time in, in every sense, the ghost and the story behind it. And I carried it with me, carried the story with me in every other place I lived, trying to come to the meaning of what the ghost actually meant to us, meant to me in the two years that I lived there. And then I tried to figure out what what the story actually meant, what, what the ghost actually stood for, that it was a metaphor of all the other things about violence that I came to experience and understand later on in my life. So essentially it's that. That's that's a perfect summary. Um, I was wondering, like, what what inspired you to start work on this essay? You say you've sort of carried it with you all these years. Um, and how did how did you actually start work on it? Mm, uh, yes, um, it was kind of complicated because uh, you know uh, uh, there's so many of us. I mean, women, um, you know, who who grow up with a lot of fear. You know, uh, we are told don't do this, don't do that because something bad will happen. So the specter of violence is always something we carry around us. And there are stories that we have heard, something's happened to this woman, something happened to that, if she broke the rules or if she did something dangerous or bad. So uh, one knew, knew of all these episodes, all these stories, one had experienced it, but one just didn't have the words, uh, you know, uh, because either we thought that it happens to everyone, it's so ordinary, it's so common, it's something we live with. And... On, and on the other hand, there's also this thing that, you know, it's too small a matter. Everybody's gone through it. Your story is no different. What difference will it make? But I think, uh, you know, as, ta- as time went by and uh, uh, in about a decade ago, there was a, uh, uh, there was a terrible incident of violence uh, in Delhi, which is India's capital, where a young woman was uh, raped, brutally gang raped on a city, uh, inside a city bus. And it shook uh, shook up a lot of people. You know, uh, laws were changed and all that. And uh, and I, I had, you know, I had travelled in the same buses and I had experienced the, uh, you know, um, uh, being molested and uh, harassed um, inside city buses. And suddenly it seemed uh, to make sense. Maybe the passage of time and uh, having the story being replayed to me in diverse ways uh, over time. Suddenly, it came together. Maybe time, maturity, experience uh, helped, and uh, I also understood that uh, there's no story that is not impo- uh, that is not unimportant. Everybody's story is important, and it matters how you say it, and that it will reach the people, uh, your readers, uh, in some way if you put your heart in telling your story right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I think, um, you know, I think we all followed that news when it was happening and, you know, subsequent incidents and the laws being changed and things like that. So I feel like, um, you know, if you had written this essay 10 years ago, I think you might have had to like explain a lot about how things were in India. But I think by the time this came out, I think that that your average reader is sort of aware of that as sort of an ongoing problem. And it really colors our experience of, of, of this ghost in the well and understanding what might have happened to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love how this essay starts out. It feels more like a traditional ghost story. I think people can feel that in the part that you read, and then it develops into something which is much more concrete. Like you're saying, um, you know, it's still quite dark, but about sort of India's problems with with rape and and the the fear that women live with. Did you weigh like how much to incorporate those more ghostly or haunted elements, those elements of fear? Uh, yes. Um, it it took me some time to work out the essay. Um. Uh, and the, the impressions, 
you know what i all 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 that i went all that i experienced and what happened i lived through in in that time more than 30 years ago in orissa they actually quite vivid to me because i think i'm still making sense of that time and it's only now you know i have been a writer for about uh, 25 years and a bit more but it's only now that i realize that how much of that time actually uh, has seeped in into my writing and that i really need to go back there and you know pull up the pieces pull them apart to make sense of uh, uh, if any writing that i do now or even later so those images and everything is very vivid to me and it's only by understanding that period which i couldn't for a long time uh, for 10 20 years after that which i couldn't for a long time and which makes sense now uh, it helped at understanding that time and putting down everything everything that's in in the mind in the memory and once i do that it just flowed it it had a natural flow it coalesced and everything seemed to come together so because of the images from the uh, that i had of the past they came they spoke to me and i could later <clears throat> use that to understand events of the present and uh, uh, and later i'm not sure if this is making sense but uh, e- even then uh, even at that time i was puzzled i was curious about the ghost because she seemed to um, excite a lot of fear but to me uh, I, i mean as i as i as i write in the essay she always evoked a lot of curiosity in me because i went down to the well and actually looked in so i knew there had to be a back story uh, to her and figuring out the back story which is what the essay leads to took me time and then i understood the violence that she had undergone the violence that most women experience and are not able to talk about uh, that came together in a natural flow uh, so no that's great that's really helpful um so i'm i'm sure you know this but the the common focus is on work with with a, a modern sense of place and your piece is such a great example of how writing can really transport us like not just to a place but to a, to a totally different time um and and you know you've been talking about writing from memory and when i was reading this i was just amazed with how vivid it feels um even though you're writing from memories that that are decades old at this point um there's a lot of great sights and sounds i love you know there's a, this passage where it talks about all the, all the different sounds you hear the jackals barking and and that kind of thing. But can you just talk about like um how, was there anything you had to do to make sure that 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 was feeling vivid from memory like that your memories were going to come across to readers? Um yeah the the jackal thing uh that that was uh, something I've always uh, you know I still remember you know especially when I see the foxes around here and the pond uh, just next to my house you know it it's so similar to uh, the time i lived in sambalpur with the river just behind the just next to beyond the wall and the uh, and the creatures and, and the jackals and but uh, yes i i worked with liz um, uh, my editor on this piece and uh, she was extremely helpful because uh, the the questions she asked the pointed questions she asked and the suggestions they made me actually go even deeper into uh, my past in, into the memories uh, one of the most valuable suggestions she had was uh, tell us more about the puja what the priest did what actually did he uh, did he make you all do and uh, i recollected vividly the you know the uh, the, the incense the smell of the incense sticks uh the way he chanted the mantras uh, and the misogynistic misogynistic things that he said about me i mean it all came back because obviously uh, i've carried it all for a long time so uh, but uh, liz's suggestions really helped me a lot and uh, yeah 
did I answer the question okay I, I, I think yeah yeah I think so I, I, I always love hearing about the revision process between the writer and the editor and and that doesn't surprise me I know um, Liz Whittier who's sort of our nonfiction editor is so great at um, yeah pushing people to, to go deeper and dig deeper into not just memory but into you know sort of their perspective on what they're writing about you know sort of putting themselves in the story so yeah um, uh, yeah and the other thing is uh you know, I moved around so much. Uh, all the family albums, the pictures, they're all with my uh, with my mother and my siblings in India. So, I mean, I, I have to remember it all myself. So these images that I carry around seem to make, make more sense over time. So that's the only thing I have. No, there are no virtually very, very few photographs that I have. Uh, the older generation is passing away and I don't go back to India much. So yeah, so the, mem- the memory bit matters a lot to me increasingly over time yeah Mm, that's great there's such an interesting theme running through this piece about gender I think we've already talked about it a little bit but um there's so many of these moments where we see that the narrator and her brother are treated differently um but I also think it's interesting because the brother is more fearful throughout you know he's very scared of the ghosts and these ghost stories that they're hearing about um and yet we know as the essay develops that it is the narrator who really has more to fear from the world because it's a, a world of men and, and she's a girl um can you talk about developing that theme here about sort of gender and the men around her yeah in fact uh, Emily your question actually put it in amazing perspective because I've been thinking about it since uh, since yesterday that yeah that's quite true it was my brother who was actually the coward and, uh, <laughs> the, the one who actually was more afraid of things you know and uh, uh, because he was uh, the only son and the boy uh, you know uh, he was pampered and uh, his fears were taken seriously you know they really mattered that you know if he felt a movement outside the window or uh, if he heard, uh, even if there was the slightest whisper in the dark, uh, he would be really scared. And uh, my grandmother, my parents would take it all very seriously. But my inchoate fears, I mean, even when I didn't have the words for, for these fears, uh, I had no one to talk to. And uh, I, I guess uh, because because there was, very little, there was hardly anyone to reach out to, there was no one to reach out to, these fears only accumulated. And I guess it happened. It happened with my peers, with almost every woman I came across, that uh, they carried these fears, this, this inse- these insecurities, uh, that each one of us has uh, has to live with. You know, have to live with. And uh, yeah, uh, so I mean, there's a there's a difference between how you know uh, emotions and sentiments uh, of men are 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 treated. They are taken more seriously. Uh, you know, with more respect, and while women's uh, fears are dismissed as something minor, uh, something that they have to deal with, something perfectly ordinary, it happens every time. So yes, there's that dichotomy uh, that I did perceive, but uh, I've been thinking about it since yesterday, and yes, uh, it's something I have to think about a lot more, and uh, uh, the injustice, the unfairness of it all uh, does hurt, and it still rankles, and I guess... uh, the more I write, the more it'll uh, be able, uh, more I'll be able to articulate it uh, better. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, there's a really, uh, there's a moment that I keep coming back to in the essay where um, uh, the narrator reveals that she's sort of uh, gone against what her parents said and she she looked into the well, even though they told her not to. Um, and she fears punishment, but even in that moment, they're just paying attention to her brother and there's really no there is no retribution and, and 
instead of feeling sort of glad that she didn't get in trouble, she just sort of feels that that no one no one is ever going to pay attention to her because her brother's there, um, and and his fears are more important than an actual transgression that she might have done. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. Now that you say it, yes, uh, the, the answers that I have found, or the answers I'm trying to find, uh, most of them have come to me when I have uh, you know gone uh, gone against uh, what people have advised or uh, followed my own heart. So it's. Uh, it's like uh, looking for answers by myself, regardless of the rules or anything. And I think that was the, the fact of going into the well and trying to look for her story is something I kind of did on my own uh, over time. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you've been doing that since you were a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the ending, but I wanted to ask you about um, the choice to sort of bring us back to the present moment because we get this moment of sort of reckoning and maybe catharsis um, at the end of the essay and you talk about writing stories that that dig into these topics for women and, and that all these stories are important and worth talking about. And then I just love this final exchange that you have. There's a phone conversation with your mother about what she remembers. How, how did you decide on this as an ending? Like, did you always want to bring us back to sort of the present time? Uh, actually, it, uh, the ending it, it came quite naturally. I think it's because uh, uh, I mean I I don't want it to sound so too pat and easy, but because maybe I've been sitting with the story for such a long time uh, that uh, when I thought about it, it just came na- naturally. But uh, yeah, uh, about my I think my over time, my mother also understood uh, seeing. I have a younger sister seeing the struggles uh, both of us have gone through, you know, uh, marriages and movements and stuff like that. So I, I think she was also more uh, empath- empathetic in some ways. So uh, I thought that made an apt ending. Uh, about the flow, yes, I worked with Liz and, it, and she helped me a lot. Uh, but uh, how it, uh, you know, fi- uh, the story behind the ghost and um, how I kind of, try to look for a resolution to her story and the other uh, stories that I've heard over the years. I kind of try to look for the backstory, the inner inside story, what people are not able to articulate properly. And uh, I think that's that's one way I've uh, I've found as a writer to tell a story, to really go uh, deeper into what just what's uh, on the surface, you know. Uh, And women's stories especially are like that you know they seem perfectly ordinary like everybody's living the same patterned existence but uh, the inquiet uh, feelings the seething emotions inside that's what's more interesting to me these days and uh, I just want to find out more and write more about that yes mm, like great. I said there's yeah. no there's no life that is not uninteresting so yeah uh, Right. And, and yeah, and having not been able to tell these stories for so long and, and, you know, there isn't always a good resolution, but maybe the resolution is just being able to to tell them and talk about them. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm always curious about how writers approach the revision process. You talked a little bit about working with Liz. Is there anything else you want to say about the revision process for this piece, like sort of how it changed from the first draft to the final draft or, or any sort of like methods you usually use for revision? Uh, at first it was, um, much too much personal that I felt that there was too, I mean, there was too much of me. I mean, there is, it's a first person narrative, but uh, as I, as I worked on the piece and I thought more about it and as I worked with Liz and I revised, it was, uh, you know, the, uh, the ghost, the, the, lay, the woman in the well who seemed to matter, uh, 
and uh, and how her story needed to be told and uh, uh, story of say of other women like her and that mat that came to matter and and I was also very uh, you know I really worked hard at at bringing the images from the past to to life and uh, I put a lot of effort in that uh, and yeah, I I I thought the 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 story of 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 this woman it would make sense only if one got an idea of the world she lived in the house that she lived in what she did and i, I really forced myself to go back even more trying to figure out figure her out and uh, the other the stories that came my way about her about going to meet the guru at uh, at the other person's house and seeing his disciples and then finally the man who used to be her Oh, I'm giving. I think I'm giving a bit too much. The man, oh, yeah, the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the man. I mean, all the people who once knew her. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that I mean, I realized that uh, I had to step out of myself, and even though there was a lot of fear, I, I you know the fear came back to me as I wrote this uh, piece. Uh, I had to actually think more of about her, her world, and uh, make the piece wider. You know, um, so that uh, to do to justice to her, because in the end I was writing about her more more than me. So these were the challenges. So I, I I still wasn't sure whether I succeeded, but then I had a marvelous editor, and uh, yeah, and I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's great. I love hearing that 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 sort of that the sort of process the piece went through was sort of a, a broadening and then later a deepening. That that's. That yeah. totally makes sense to me because those are the things that I notice about the piece. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like you have a very diverse and, and wide ranging career as a writer. You've you've written nonfiction and fiction. You've written books for children, books for adults, historical fiction, more modern things, sort of a bit of everything. Can Can you just tell us about about working in all those different ways? Like, are there sort of like upsides and downsides to, to working so broadly? Uh, at At one time, I thought it was all an upside. You know, like the <laughs> but I, actually now it's not so um, well I I might take a, a bit longer on this and it's a bit embarrassing to talk about my own process as as a writer but it's like this like uh, I came to writing quite accident quite accidentally uh, uh, when I, I the first uh, book I wrote actually was uh, about uh, about a similar incident of violence that I that I witnessed and uh, a writer told me, got me writing on on it because he said write about something that makes you angry and uh, i didn't realize uh, that it actually made me that i had carried this anger with me but the story behind this woman who was uh, who was a victim of an acid attack acid attack uh, it, um, it became it, it it became a a a book but even then i don't think i actually answered that um, uh, resolve the story uh, properly but anyway that that book did got get some attention in india and uh, the, uh, somebody who had rejected it an editor who had rejected it she met me and then she got me writing on uh, for writing for children and stuff like that and i at first i thought of, since i was just beginning as a writer i thought it was a good thing that you know uh, uh, here I was getting a chance to write all these things when it might be difficult for other people, uh, but uh, I realized, you know, <laughs> that I was spreading myself uh, too much, and that, which is why it, I guess it it took me longer to come back to uh, to this story, like uh, the woman in the well, which uh, 
which i really um, which really spoke to me from the heart you know because i realized it was uh, while it was difficult going back into the past it was also very easy because i had carried all these images uh, with me and not had uh, uh, time or space to to put these down uh, maybe my previous um, writing the experience i had gathered helped but uh, i could have come back to it earlier so th- maybe that was uh, the downside i mean any uh, any writing helps but uh, i think as a writer one um, uh, i mean i don't know i'm just figuring figuring it all out as a writer one is always learning but uh, to uh, to get to the heart of things one should really you know uh, sink into something deep for it to make relevance uh, to others uh, for your for your world to make meaning to others you know for any small world to come uh, to come alive uh, in the minds of other readers uh, so so that was the thing I, i i at one time i did see all this as an upside but now i see that you know i should really uh, focus on certain things on writing things that really matter which will make a lost world a forgotten world like odisha come alive the stories of women come alive and but and the other thing what i was trying to do by writing uh, you know so much was uh, of course one gets one gets distracted one tries to do things too fast i was hoping uh, you know some editor some uh, because i read all these stories about writers and their partnerships and relationships with editors and uh, i mean i was always thrilled by such stories that you know the how good novels come about good things come about when writers work together with the editors and it's such a marvelous partnership so i longed for something like that to happen uh you know that uh, i would write like this and an editor would notice me and uh, it would uh, and then finally i would become a much much better writer uh, it's happened in a small way in us it might seem a small way but for me it's a big thing that you know liz noticed it and i worked with her so yeah uh, it's like that god what a lot of things i said i'm sure they don't make much no, sense no no that's so perfect <laughs> hey i asked <laughs> um no that makes a lot of sense i think you're absolutely right that i think one of the hardest things about being a writer is how much time and energy it takes to to think deeply about these things and to go in and do them justice and and really just give yourself the time to to get in there and yeah anything that takes you away from that it's 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 yeah it's it's tough i mean i think that's the, the difficulty of being a writer yeah Um so always our, our last question is just to ask what what you're working on now what, what's next what do you want to share with us Yeah um yeah I think uh, it's related to your just your last question about writing on history uh so uh, I I read history at uh, university uh and uh, people always tell me that you know you should have done research in it but again it was one of the things that uh, i wasn't encouraged to 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 do you know uh, at home um, by my parents and um, the extended family uh, it, it was always thought that if you're studying history in college and i went to a fairly uh, you know well known girls call uh, girls college in india and uh, everybody thought oh you know it's just a stepping stone for a good marriage and stuff like that so so i wasn't encouraged to do research but i always wanted i mean i i loved history as a subject um uh, so which is why uh, most of my writing has also been on history even even this uh, this essay actually is history because i go back to the past and i talk about orissa so yeah uh, so again uh, what i'm right working on mainly stuff related to history i i do a long running series for uh, a digital magazine called scroll and it's uh, um, uh, several short essays on um, the early south asians who went to america 
and uh, the uh, the first lot of americans who came to south asia as merchants and writers and teachers so i'm working on um, those kind of essays and yeah uh, and i worked on um, recent uh, work of historical crime so yeah i'm revising that at present so stuff like that i'm always trying to write something and read something so yeah <laughs> so now that does sound great that sounds great anu kumar Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's been really great to talk with you. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Emily. It's been so nice, and uh, I'm. I mean, uh, I've been hesitating and stuttering over my answers, but thank <laughs> you so much. No, these are hard things to talk about. I mean, even even an easier subject matter, talking about writing and articulating all these weird processes that we do as writers. That you know, that's hard. It's hard stuff. <laughs> Listeners, you can read Anu's essay and subscribe to the latest issue at thecommononline.org.